you for uh, uh, being hungry for God's presence and hungry for his will. Uh, uh, that's what it takes. It takes just uh, uh, God's looking for a hungry vessel. Amen. And and he never turned away anyone that was looking for uh, a deeper relationship uh, and understanding of him. He, he revealed himself to them uh, in, in a great loving way. And so we can have that same expectancy in our life. Um, but tonight I want to I want to talk to you about uh, the calling of the called out church, the calling of the called out church. You and I, we're the church of the living God. There's a lot of buildings, but you and I, we're not a building. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are an actual abode, abiding place of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. He chose us. He divinely selected us and he He called us. And when he knocked on our heart's door, we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we were baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. And he come to live with us forever. Amen. So we have that, that relationship. We have that intimacy. But you and I have got to see that with the calling of the Lord, and that calling was Jesus said that we would have to pick up our cross and follow him. And he said, uh, if if these things happen to me, then know that those same things are going to happen to you. So in the calling out of the called out church, we're called to look like Jesus in the world. And right now, the church hasn't experienced a lot of persecution here in America because in a lot of ways we don't look like Jesus. But that's fixing to change because we're seeing the Spirit of God start to move and start to uh, to draw people closer and to let the Word of God to wash us. You know, uh, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus about how you and I were being washed by the water of the Word. And, and, and that's what's happening. And the more that we get self out of the way, get the outside uh, hidden under the blood of Jesus, the more the inside, the presence of the Lord comes out. Amen. And so in these 10 verses, Paul gives us some great instruction here. And notice what he said there in verse number one. He said, this is written to the church, which is in God the Father and in Jesus Christ. Aren't you in a comfortable place knowing who is your abode, who is around you? Come on, you're surrounded by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You've literally been baptized into this relationship uh, and you're sealed into the day of redemption. The, The Holy Spirit has put his mark on you. Say, I'm marked. Hallelujah. We're marked. In other words, there is a glow on your face because what's happening in your spirit. And and so being a part of this called out church, we need to know what our calling is. And our calling is to represent Jesus and and to show that the the work of Jesus didn't stop, though he finished his work. uh, It was finished. But he said that you and I were to do the same works that he did. And not only the same, but greater because there's more of us. Amen. And and so we've got a work. We've got a calling to do. And so we need to apply these 10 verses uh, in this time in our life to be able to do that. Now notice, uh, drop down to verse number three. Uh, We need to to understand verse three. We've got to get verses nine and 10 in our heart. But he said, uh, verse number three, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Now, think about it. In other words, uh, the Apostle Paul said that that him and his ministry team, they continually prayed to God the Father through the Son, by the Spirit, holding up what? The work of faith. Now, let's think about that. Paul got his pattern from Jesus. And Jesus is your great high priest. 
And so I want you to think about that. Jesus on the right hand of the Father today, tell, the book of Hebrews tells us that he ever liveth to make intercession for us according to the will of the Father for the saints. So can you imagine that part of that prayer that he prayed was talking about your work of faith? Jesus talking about what you're doing by faith. Now, the things that you and I do by faith, that means we're doing something, stepping out into something that we in the natural, we in the normal uh, mindset couldn't accomplish. But we have a word from heaven and, and faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And that looses you and I in a place of expectancy. It looses us in a place of knowing the truth that makes us free to be able to do what God would have us to do. And we can work something that otherwise would never be worked. So don't uh, don't let the flesh paralyze you. Don't let your mind uh, hinder you. Rather say, Lord, I want my flesh brought under subjection. I want my mind renewed by the word of God. And I want to step out and do some things that have never been done before. Amen. You and I, we're, we're easily bored. There's nothing worse than a bored Christian. A bored Christian gets in trouble. And so we, we were always uh, meant to be challenged and we were meant to meet a challenge. Amen. And when we're in that place, we're in a place where a great growth happens. But now drop down, uh, hold, hold your place right there in verse three, but drop down to verse nine. And let's understand what this work of faith is. In verse number nine, he said, for they themselves show us what manner entering in we had unto you, notice this, and how you turn to God from idols. So the very first work of faith, the first uh, thing that you did was when God knocked on your heart's door and started drawing you, and you by faith accepted that drawing, you turned away from the idols of this world. You turned to God. And that this word turned, it literally means that you put your face in His face. Because why? His face was calling you. Deep calleth unto the deep. He's wanting to call us into the deeper things. And the only way we can get into those deeper things is to have an intimacy with him. Think about what Jesus did, uh, or, or the, it, however you wish to look at it, the pre-incarnate Christ, uh, the, in, in, the, in the work of creation, when he took and formed uh, Adam out of the clay of the earth, and he literally put his mouth on him and whoosh, breathed into him, and he became a living soul. That's what happened when you got born again. You received that same spirit and that's an intimacy there. And so that very first work is, hold your place, let's read it. Go with me to John chapter 6. Let's see what Jesus, out of his mouth, what he said, the very first work that you and I would do. Look at verse 28. Jesus had been uh, teaching here and, and they just wouldn't get in it. And so they come to him and they ask this question, John six twenty eight. And they said unto him, they, these that had heard this teaching said unto Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? We're talking about working the work of faith, this, this in your life. And verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. So the very first work you and I uh, accomplished in our life is when we believed God that he what? He was not willing that any of us should perish, but that we could, should be what? Delivered from death into life because we accepted his love. We accepted Jesus. So that's the first work. But if we're not careful, we get saved, we get born again. And then uh, we uh, uh, everything that we were doing to get to that point, we, we, if we're not careful, we'll sit down in our salvation. And when we get saved, it's time to stand up. We were sitting our whole life. 
Now it's time to stand up. And so that first work is to believe. Well, see, what do you and I need to believe? We need to believe that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, that he's a savior. But Jesus is also a shepherd. He's also a lamb. He's also uh, the, 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 the great I am. He's, I'm, he's the bread of life. Uh, he, he is the resurrection. He's all of these things. And so what you and I have got to do, we've got to make sure in our life that we're maintaining uh, perfect step harmony with the Holy Spirit. In other words, uh, when you got saved, all you could see was Jesus as Savior. And you believed that. That was your first work. And thank God for it. But we can't just keep staying at the point of being a, a new baby Christian. We've got to start maturing. We've started to walk with the Lord and then start seeing He's not just Savior, but He is Lord. And, and Lord means He's supreme. Curios in the Greek tongue. Lord is curious. It means supreme in authority. In other words, He has the first and the final say in your life and my life. Amen? And so, But I've got to believe that. I've got to believe that I hear His voice. Do you believe you hear his voice? You are his sheep, right? Jesus said, my sheep hear another voice you won't listen to. John chapter 10. So you know that. And, and so you need to start stepping out and go to these new pastors. Jesus said, I've got places to cause you to lie down in, in, in green pastures, but you've got to be willing to follow my voice. And so this is part of that work. In other words, um, go back to, to where we were at here in First Thessalonians and what he, he, he said. He said, I, I rem, Paul said, I pray for you. Remember without ceasing your work of faith, which is, is how you keep turning. See, wh whether you know it or not, you don't know everything about Jesus. I don't know everything about Jesus. I don't know what his will is in cer certain situations. I don't know what his plan is. But guess what? He wants to reveal it to me. He wants to reveal it to you. So uh, it, it's not just about being saved. Thank God we are. But it's about coming into a fellowship. Coming into a relationship. It, it, it's understanding that God has something for you and I to do with Him every day. And, and, and that something to, to, to do, we, we don't try to fill our life with works, but we try to fill our life with this intimacy, this relationship. And then, of course, the things that He wants us to do exponentially, externally will come. But, but the first thing He wants us to do is to have an inward relationship. He just wants us just to be in his presence, to be with him. Amen. All right. So uh, notice what he said. Go back to verse three. This is what Paul prayed, and this is what we need to be praying for one another. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. And notice what he says, and your labor of love. So you're, you're going to, everything that you do in your life, is going to if it's of God, it's going to take faith. If it, if it doesn't take any faith, then it's not of God. I, I, I've done a lot of things in the name of the Lord, but it wasn't because faith wasn't involved in it because I knew I could do it and all of those things. No, the things of God. And it's going to be a labor of love. What does that mean to you and I tonight? A labor of love. That means you're going to, everything that you do, it's going to take love to get it done. Notice what Paul said back in verse 9. He said, um, how you turned, that, that's your your work, but here is where you put your labor of love you have you to serve the, the living and true God. See, whatever I love, I'm going to serve. If I'm in the flesh, you ever get in the flesh? You may not get in the flesh. I get in the flesh sometimes. And when I get in the flesh, I serve the flesh. 
So we've got to come back and we've got to recognize that the, the, the Holy Spirit wants to help us walk in the Spirit. And as He helps us walk in the Spirit, we're in this place where we are serving the living and true God. Now notice, if Paul was urged by the Holy Spirit, had that unction, to, to he didn't just say that we, you and I would serve God, but that we would serve what? The living and true God. That means there's a God that's dead. Remember what 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, that the devil is the God, little g, of this world. And the devil has been sentenced to death because Jesus called him the son of perdition. The son of perdition is the son that has been sentenced to perish. That's why Hebrews 2.14 says that Satan is death. So here Paul has this unction and he says, you're serving the living God. You know he's alive because you feel him. He's, he's on the table of your heart. He's in your mind. He's in your home, he's in your car, he's in your hopes, he's in your desires. Because why? Because you're willing to yield to him. But you're willing to, to, to serve the living and the true God. That means that there's an opportunity if we're not following after the Lord in this, we're not being this called out church, we're not walking in our calling, that we could step into deception. So you can't get in deception when you're actively trying to obey the Lord. I know because when I got into deception was when I knew what I was supposed to do, but I told God no. And so the dead God, the God of lies, was more than willing to come into my life and to grab a host of me and start pointing me in a different direction. See, when the moment we lose the fellowship, the moment that we lose the intimacy of obedience, that's when the enemy can start working in our life and he starts playing religion in our hearts. The devil loves to sit on the church pew. He loves to bother you and I and all of these things. And so we've got to see him. We've got to come back. He said, uh, Paul said, I pray that you will have this labor of love. It's you will turn to serve the living and the true God. So I've got to come back and I've got to say, Lord, in this season of my life, you've transitioned to me here. You've moved me here. Uh, you're, 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 you're bringing revelation. You're bringing understanding. In this season of my life, what's the labor of love? Where do I need to make sure that I'm, I'm serving you at? Now, we're right here in, in chapter 1. Turn over to chapter 5 and read uh, verse 8. Now, it's going, it, it takes this labor of love. It's something that you and I have got to uh, put it on ourselves. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 8. It says, but let us who are of the day, say I'm of the day. See, you and I, we're not of the night. We're not children of the night, but we're children of the day. Be sober. Now notice what he says. He said, putting on the breastplate of faith, but I want you to look at love. Putting on love. And of course it says, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. But you've got to put on love. He said, Paul said, I pray endlessly that you will walk in this labor of love. So what we've got to do is to keep from getting wore out. We don't need to be picking up things that look good, sound good, that feel good. But we need to say, Lord, what is in this season of my life? What's my labor of love? In other words, where's my heart at? See, whatever's got your heart won't wear you out. So I encourage you, there's some of you here, you, you've got some toxic relationships, you've got some situations uh, that you need to make sure that you test it. You test those uh, situations, what you're working and, and trying to do, and make sure it's a labor of love. 
Make sure that if this is the season, it might have been the season before, but God may have moved you forward. Sometimes we've got to leave some things behind. We don't want to, but uh, if we if we don't do what God would have us to do, we're out of God's will. We cannot prosper out of God's will. We cannot please Him. We cannot be a blessing. And you, my friend, you're called to be a blessing. Come on, Ephesians chapter 1, you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen. You're blessed to be a blessing. In other words, those things are to flow in and through your life. And we've got to be in step with the Lord for that to be able to happen. All right. Now, go over to quickly. Turn with me to, to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. And let's let's see something here. Because if we're, we're talking about a, a, a work of an action of love, and we don't have time to go over all of this, but I, I want you just to see just a couple of verses here. Look at starting at verse 14, James 2 and 14. Uh, uh, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man may say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Verse 15, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Sometimes it takes more than say, I'll pray for you. They need their belly full before we pray. They need clothes on their back before we pray. Verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is what? Being alone. What did the Bible just teach us? See, we're, we got God's grace, and our faith in that grace is what saves us. Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. Look at this, verse 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, but here's what he says, and I will show thee my faith by my works. In other words, if you and I truly believe, we'll have a labor of love. Well, in, in other words, it, 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 it's going to be an act of faith, but your heart is going to overpower your flesh. Your, your heart, your spirit is going to overpower your soul, your mind, willing emotions. In other words, you're going to have a comfort and peace from the inside out, and it'll be a driving force in your life. Amen. And, and this labor of love, it's going to come out because you simply believe that God called you. And because God called you, it doesn't matter if anybody else gets on board with you or not. Because it's just you and the Lord and you and the Lord making a majority. Amen. Somebody else may not understand or somebody else may be out of step or maybe it's just about you and the Lord, me and the Lord. Amen. But whatever it is, God has called us into this labor of love and he's gave us the faith to accomplish it. So the Holy Spirit wants you to be encouraged. If, you're, if you've got something in your heart that you know it's from the Lord, just do it. Step out in faith. I mean, it may seem impossible, uh, but nothing is impossible with who? The Lord you serve, amen? All things are possible. Well, you believe, right? So all things are possible. You've got to hold on to that. You've got to see that. Now, we'll turn back to, the, to Hebrews chapter 6. Let's look at something. If we're not careful, we let the devil trick us. We'll do one thing, and then we think, well, I've satisfied God, and now I can quit. Or maybe I'm just talking to myself. Look at uh, uh, verse number 10. 
Hebrews 6 and 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget whose work? Come on, your work and your labor of love. Remember, Paul was praying. He said, I pray without ceasing to God the Father, to the Son, by the Spirit, about your labor of love, which you have showed toward His name. Everything that you're doing, you're not doing it for that person. You're doing it for Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? He said uh, there in Matthew 25 when he's talking uh, uh, to those that he had delivered out the talents to and they come back and he said, as you've done it to one of the least of these, you've done it unto. Wow. That means everything you're doing in this labor of love, you're doing it for Jesus. So what we've got to do is be very cautious because God's going to ask us to do some things. And we're going to look at what we're doing through the person we're seeing or the person we're doing it for. That's got to stop in Jesus' name. Because sometimes I look like what we talked about before, you, when we hand out this food out here and, and you got people driving up in uh, $60,000 rigs. If you're not careful, you can't see the person. You got to see who you're working for and what you're doing, uh, and, and and I understand we're to be good stewards and all of those things. But uh, God will, if our heart is pure and our heart is, He's going to work all of those things out. But we let Him work them out. We let Him be the one that uh, that He said, "I'm going to do the separating." Amen. We're going to let everything grow up together, but Jesus is going to do the separating, and that way nobody gets hurt. Come on now, that's important. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered, notice this, to the saints and do minister. See, I like to do something and be done with it. I'm, I, this is, I, I hate doing things over and over and over. I don't like repetition. But... Uh, we've got to see that if God has called us into a certain thing in that season, we've got to be faithful to do what he asks us to do. And so uh, don't the Bible says, don't be weary in Galatians six. Don't be weary in well doing. OK, so we're not to be weary down by what God's called us to do. But we need to be in the place and realize that that what we're doing is seed that's going to reap a harvest. Amen. And uh, Galatians 6, 7, 8, 9. We've got, to, we've got to hold on to that. Verse 10. Yeah. So we need to be in that place. So tonight I want you to see that you can't sit down in this labor of love. Now, now when, I, when I say that, your labor of love may be a prayer closet. Your labor of love may be something that nobody ever sees or whatever. Uh, but it is your labor of love. It come from Jesus. And so you embrace that. You relish that. And don't let anybody belittle it or don't let anybody question it because you have the Spirit of God leading you and directing you. Amen. So just hold on to that and, and enjoy that time and watch yourself grow in an unbelievable rate. Right. Go back to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. Now, uh, I want to finish this, and we'll come back to that. Look what he said, though, in verse 3 again. He said, remember without ceasing your work of faith and your labor of love and your patience, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Now, this patience of hope, this is the hard part for the flesh. 
Uh, this is cheerful endurance. In other words, you and I uh, cheerfully are supposed to endure and wait until the coming of the Lord. And, and so until he, uh, uh, my heart stops beating or the sounding of that last, last, last trumpet, I've got to what? I, I, I've got to keep on keeping on. Amen. I, I've got to be in that place where I am waiting. Now this word, drop down and let's read verse uh, 10. First uh, Thessalonians 1 and 10. And to wait, this is what he's talking about, the patient of hope, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Oh, you and I ought to jump up and shout. Amen. We're not under God's judgment. Amen. Jesus was judged for us and the wrath isn't coming to us. Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus took every punishment that I had uh, that was mine, that I had done, that I that God should have judged me for, and He took it and it was hung on Him on the cross. Amen? And, and so tonight you have this great assurance. You have this uh, uh, this complete understanding that you can wait. And this, this word wait on the Lord here, uh, wait on the Son returning, uh, it, it means to have an expectation uh, with that's full of joy, that's full of peace, that's trust. You're trusting in the Lord. You're trusting to save you. Come on. So you know He's going to keep you. He didn't save you to let you fall through His fingers. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that when you're in the hand of the Father, no man can pluck you out. Hallelujah. All right, so notice what He said. He said to wait. Now this is our patience and hope. To wait for His Son from heaven. So you and I have got to stay in this understanding that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. That's where He's at. And He's in me and I'm in Him. And I'm seated, Ephesians 2, 6, I'm seated, you're seated in heavenly places with Him. And, and so I'm living from the eternity right now. You're living from the eternity right now. We can pull from that truth. We can pull from that relationship. And so uh, I don't get bogged down by what I see because you and I are going to see a lot of evil. We're going to see a lot of harmful and dark working things. But those things, uh, uh, unless God is leading us in to, uh, to, to bring some people out of those things, they don't affect us. Because you know who you are. You know who you're serving. You know what your role and your destiny is. And so Paul says here, I, I pray for my brothers and sisters. And these three things is what you and I are to be praying for one another. I pray that we're always looking, waiting, expecting on Jesus. Amen. Um, Let's look at, let's read it. Go over to uh, the book of Titus. Look what Titus tells us to do. Titus 2.13, it says, looking for that blessed hope. That's what we're talking about, waiting on Jesus. Looking for that blessed hope. And, and the word wait, we, get, we, get, we misunderstand that. We think we're just supposed to, to sit down. Now, the word wait, uh, Old Testament Hebrew, means to be so intertwined with God that when God thinks something, you think it. When God's hands move, your hand moves. When God's feet moves, your feet move. Amen? So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about waiting. But looking for that blessed hope and, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is, this is what I'm supposed to be expecting. 
In other words, uh, right now I'm going through problems. I've, I've got family that needs to be uh, saved. I've got family that needs to be healed. I've got neighbors, co-workers, uh, all of these situations in our life. We've got people around us that there's great needs. Uh, you and I are not to be overwhelmed by the need, but we're to let the Spirit of God show us the need in this season. Show us the person in this time and, and minister to that. The Spirit of God has is, is been showing me that, that a lot of times you and I were, were putting burdens, we're carrying, picking up things we shouldn't pick up, we shouldn't carry. Where, where the Bible is very clear, you and I are to what? We're to cast every care upon the Lord. Uh, the only thing that you and I carry is, is, is the burden of love. Amen? Uh, and love is, is, is the way to victory. So notice here, he said in, in verse 14, this just the Savior that we're waiting for, who gave himself for us. Who gave himself for us. You, you, you've been redeemed. You've been bought. You've been purchased with the price of Jesus. And he didn't buy you to let you go by the wayside. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all, how much? All iniquity. That's lawlessness. Everything that's not right in your life, that's against the word of God, you have a redemptive. That's why Jesus wants, he, 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 uh, redeemed us, Galatians 3.13, from the curse of the law. That Galatians 3.14, that we might come under the blessing of Abraham. We might come into a, a place of fellowship, of relationship, uh, the way that God intended us to walk in the garden. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a procure, a special people zealous of good works. This labor of love. Isn't that exciting? You and I, we're getting to do things that's going to have an effect, an impact on the eternity. God talked about what you're doing right now before the foundation of the world. Jesus was slain before the foundation of this earth age. So that means that God knew everything that I was going to do wrong, but he had a savior to make it right. And he had a gifting and a calling in my life. He had a gifting and calling in your life for us to be able to walk it out. Amen. So we're talking about the called out church. That's who you are. You're called out of this world. You don't look like this world. You don't act like this world. You don't talk like this world. But you're going to go through some things. In closing, go back to First Thessalonians chapter 1. And I want you to, we said, remember verse 6, right? Now notice, um, let me read verse 5. And uh, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, Mark those ends down. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes, and because they'd done that, look what happened. Verse 6, and ye became followers. You, you and I, all of a sudden, because we, we heard the gospel, but we just didn't hear it, we saw it. We saw it. It was demonstrated before our eyes. And, and we saw that we become followers of Paul and his ministry team, yes, but of the Lord. You know, Paul said, follow me as I... Follow Christ. Follow the Lord. Yes. And, and so that's what you and I are doing. When we read these epistles, we're following what the Lord revealed to Paul for you and I to walk out, to walk in. And so we're doing what Scripture says. But when we do that, look what it says. He said, and you become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Now mark this down in your Bible. Highlight your Bible out. Receive the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Now, 
I, I want you to write this statement down. It's a, this is a true statement. The devil wants you and I to look at the affliction. So uh, he's going to bring much affliction in your life. He's going to bring much affliction in my life. And if we're not careful, if we focus on the affliction, and this word affliction, it simply means tribulation. It means pressure. And I, sometimes in my life, I don't know about you, it seems like the pressure is so great that I'm going to pop. And if I keep my mouth shut, I won't pop. But if I open my mouth, I'm going to be like the little tea kettle. I'm going to be saying everything that I'm feeling and seeing. And then I've got a mess. So I've got to learn to keep uh, myself under. I've got to bring myself under subjection uh, and, and, and not say those things. But he said, um, and you become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. So the amount of affliction you're going through right now, God wants you to see that that amount of affliction in direct proportion, you will have the joy of the Holy Ghost. So it's all in what we're looking at. How many times, and, and you know, have you seen a, a child, you know, like on Christmas or their birthday, uh, you, you know, they've got some presents there. And, it may, you know, I'm thinking about something in particular, but uh, this child opened up this gift and it was what the child asked for, but it was the wrong color. So uh, the, the whole appreciation factor, the whole uh, how good that gift was, it went from up here to down here because it was the wrong color. So what are you and I looking at? See, if I'm looking at the tribulation, if I'm looking at the pressure, then I'm going to concentrate on that. And as I concentrate on that, that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But if I will say, I'm not going to look at what I'm feeling or seeing. I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm going to look to the Holy Spirit showing me Jesus. Because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would only show me Jesus. He'd only talk about Jesus. I need to hear about Jesus. Amen. So I, as I look to, to, to Him, then all of a sudden, here comes the joy. Because see, the love is the first fruit. Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. So that, that, that is in your life. That's in my life. And, and, and so all of a sudden, everything's changing. So I need to take what the devil's trying to pressure in and through my life, and I need to look to Jesus and see what he would make out of it. Now hold this with me. Now notice what he said in verse 7. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia, uh, extended land, and to Achaia, trouble. That you were in samples. Now this word in sample is a Greek word, tupos, and we've talked about it many times. But in case you've forgotten, it, it means it's a die that has been struck. So I want you to think about it. The pressure, the much affliction that is going in and around your life as the devil keeps beating on you, Beating on your faith, beating on your, your health, beating on your finances, beating on your relationships, beating on whatever it may be. If you and I will let Jesus show us that the things that he's bringing against us is his die rather than the devil's death. See, that changes everything. If I believe that what I'm uh, going through, that the devil has the victory in that and the victory is going to take me down, wear me down, wear me out, then I've got a problem. But if I look at it instead and say, no, wait a minute, Jesus is going to turn this bad to good. He's going to use it for a die. And the thing that the devil is doing to discourage me, to depress me, to make me hopeless, to make me whatever it might be, God can turn it for the joy of the Holy Ghost. 
Now he said for you and I to pray this for one another. We need this desperately because our brothers and sisters are going through things that we don't know and we don't understand unless the Spirit of God shows us. And so you and I have the, the obligation, but we have the great opportunity to come just as the Apostle Paul did here at these at, that he knew uh, and that uh, he was able to minister to, not only them, but to us tonight. We need to do the same thing. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost so that you were in samples to all that believe. Now think about that. So everything the devil's doing in your life, stop and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, how can this thing that is happening in my life, how can it be an example to someone of your victory, of your love, of your peace? That changes all the emphasis and that puts us not from the place of uh, of, of uh, defense, but offense. We're being offensive minded. We're, we're taking ground. We're not just trying to hold ground. God didn't want us just to hold ground. He wants us to take it for him. Amen. Okay. Um, now he said that, that you become followers of him. In other words, that, that, that word become, that is an mimetase is, is the Greek word, but it, it means where we get our English word mimic, but it means to be an imitator. You know, Paul said uh, in Ephesians 5.1, he said, you and I are to be imitators of, of God as dear children. Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God as dear children. So if, if I'm going to be this follower, then I, I need to have such a close relationship with him that, that I, I'm, a, I'm his child. I submit to him and I know that he has what's best for me. Amen. And if I will do that, then he said, all of a sudden, I can be that in sample. I can be that example. I can be a follower. I can be an imitator. I can do what Jesus did. See, the devil wants the church to always think about, well, somebody else will do it. Or someday. Well, we don't know how many some days we got. So we need to take advantage of this day. And this day we say, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And I want you to have your way and will. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, right now, we just come boldly to the throne of grace. We ask you, Lord, that you just take this word and help us to write it on the table of our heart. Help us to hide it in our heart and help us to learn how to pray this effectively for one another. And help us to be in the place and the position that we were going to have a different point of view. When trouble comes, when affliction comes, when pressure comes, we're going to have joy in the Holy Spirit because we're going to allow them to, to be a, a, a bubble of your protection over our life. That the blood of Jesus uh, will set the standard and will say enough is enough. But in that pressure, the devil can't get to us. As long as we're on this side of the die, the devil cannot get to us, but yet God can use that situation. Uh, and we, we thank you for that revelation. God, you can use that situation to make us into what you'd have us to be. Lord, let it be. Touch each person tonight and help us be bold in this prayer. Help us be quick to just rejoice in every situation and to be this called out church that we're walking and living in the calling that you've destined for us. Because you said that you... Uh, we're adding to your church daily such as should be saved. You said that you were building your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So we're in that place. Even though hell may come against us, it will not prevail. And we thank you for it. 
Lord, grab a hold of our heart right now as we yield it to you and take us to that new place in you. We ask you in Jesus' name. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and just spend some time with the Lord and say, Lord, I, I, I want to learn how to pray this effectively. I want you just to, just to talk in my spiritual ear. Open up my spiritual eyes. Help me see and hear some things I hadn't heard before. And help me see how I can apply this to situations of my life right now. Because God wants you to, to be walking in victory. He wants you to be living from the place of victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're in the living in the place from victory. But you've got to know how to do it. I've got to know how to do it. And this is a perfect opportunity tonight to step in that place with Him. Hallelujah. Glory.